Welcome to Crossbound Ministries, where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word? You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires. Cling to the one I've entitled today's message, This is How to Ask God with Confidence. Turn with me now to 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 13. And we're going to look at some reasons as to why me and you that we can ask God with confidence. Amen. Look with me now in the first verse. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. The Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. The purpose for this verse, those who believe on the name of the Son of God, that they may know that they have eternal life. You know, you can have confidence when you know something. Like, I know my wife loves me, and I have confidence in our marriage. And when you have confidence in something, it gives you that assurance that I know, that I know, that I know. And that's what John is relaying to you here, that you know that you have eternal life. No matter what, if you don't make it through the night, if you get cancer tomorrow, if you get in a bad wreck, you know that you are going to be with the Lord, but in a moment. And when you know that, it gives you great confidence and great assurance. And praise God for that. You know, we pay a lot of money to know things. We pay car insurance companies great premiums all year long to know that I have coverage. We, we pay our, our house uh, insurance to know that if something happens, that, hey, they would take care of it. And we are paying for that. Why? Because we want to know that we're taken care of. We want to know that our investments are going to still be there. If a storm blows it over, hey, the insurance is going to cover that. I know I've been paying on that to have that assurance. But let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that when you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can know, the Bible says, that you have eternal life. It doesn't matter what happens in this life. It doesn't matter if you only live to be 39. Hey, you know that you have confidence. I will be with the Lord in a moment. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. Now we look at that as a tragic thing as somebody dies at the age of 39 and that is so young. Absolutely. And I just picked that date out of random or that number out of, out of the air. 
But we look at it as, oh, that's such a tragedy. Oh, they, but listen, if they're saved, man, what a glorious moment. that They're going to be with Christ forever. They can have that assurance that they know they have eternal life. And when you walk around like that, ladies and gentlemen, and you know that you're a child of God, you know when you take your last breath that you're going to be with the Lord. Let me just tell you what confidence that gives you, what reassurance that gives you. And that's why John is writing this verse to you, that ye know that ye have eternal life, that they may believe on the name of the Son of God. They put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have the marks of those who are the children, do you know that you can just tell? You ever see somebody's kid and you say, I just know that's from such and such family. I just know that's so-and-so's boy or that's so-and-so's girl. You can just see it. It's written all over them. And let me just tell you, the world can see it when you are a true child of God. They can see you have the marks, you have the characteristics of a child of God. You are going to stand out like a sore thumb, just like that child that you, you know they belong to such and such because they look like them, they act like them, they walk like them, they talk like them. And listen, when you have those marks that you are a child of God, hey, it gives you even much more confidence. What a witness that you can be to the world, that they can witness that, hey, that is a child of God. I can see it. It's written all over them without even them telling me. Amen. Now, don't let that be an excuse not to say it. The Bible doesn't say just live it out. No, the Bible says proclaim it. It most certainly does. Look we now the next verse, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Verse 15. And if we know that he hear us, Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. When we know that we have eternal life, needless to say, we can go to God with confidence. When you know that you're a child of God, you can go to Him with confidence that He's going to hear you, that you have the right to approach the throne of God because of what Jesus did on that cross, and you put your faith and trust in Him. And we know that if we ask anything according to God's will, He hears those prayers and will answer them. And was, was the title, This is How to Ask God with Confidence. When you know you're a child of God, you know you're born again. You know that you're going to heaven. Listen, you can approach the throne of God boldly with confidence and ask God Almighty for anything that is according to His will. Listen, that's the key thing right there. It's not anything that you want, but anything that's in accordance with God's will, that He hears you and He will answer that prayer. Like in verse 15, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him, the petitions, the things that we're asking for. The Bible says that you can have confidence that God's going to hear you. God's going to answer that prayer. Now mark this down. God is not on your timetable. God is not in your little box that you've created and said, check here, go here by 745 on this date. I need you to have this done, Lord. No. To give it to God is to take the dates and the times away and say, Lord, I'm fully and I'm totally trusting you. Even if I don't see it in this lifetime, I know because the Bible says that if I ask according to your will that God, you will hear me. And God, you will grant those petitions that I have asked 
of you. Amen. And that should also give you a fear that I don't want to pray for frivolous things. I don't want to pray for things that are not God's will. Because listen, anything that is God's will has an eternal value to it. You think about that when you pray. Anything that is God's will has an eternal value to it. Okay, here's an example. We know that God wants people to be saved. So if I want my children to be saved, I can go to God and ask him, God, Please save them. At some time in their life, convict them, draw them to you. Well, I know because the Bible has already said it, that he wants each and every person to be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 tells you that. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I know I can approach the throne of God boldly. I can have confidence in asking God for that to be done. Why? Because I know as it is His will. He has already told me in His Scripture. He has told me in the Bible that that is His will. Another one would be just, Lord, I'm I'm struggling with each and every one of us. Listen to me. Each and every one of us have a sin that so easily besets us. And Paul talked about set aside that sin that so easily besets you, that weighs you down, that you may run the run the race. Now, you know that you can go to God and ask Him for help to set that aside, and you already know because the Bible tells you that that is God's will for your life to set that sin aside so you can go to God with confidence and boldness and ask God, Lord, this is killing me. I can't do it on my own. I need your help, Lord. Please assist me. Please come in here and help me, and God will hear you, and He will grant that prayer if you ask according to His will. Those are what That is exactly what is is talking about when it says, ask according to his will, the things that we petition him and desire him, he will grant us. And so you ask, well, how do I know God's will? That's why it is so important, ladies and gentlemen, to read God's word, to memorize it, to study it, to apply it, to marinate on it, to, to, to let it consume your mind and be thinking about it. Just like when a, when a sheep, he goes out and he eats grass, well, that's important, but the real thing is, is when he sits down, he lays down in the shade, and he starts chewing the cud, and he starts bringing that stuff back up, and he starts chewing on it again, and he's getting all the nutrients, and all the fibers, and all the good things that his body needs to grow. Listen to me, that's what a Christian needs to do. It's not just reading the Word. You've got to read it, but you've also got to marinate on it. You've got to think about it. You've also got to ponder on it. You've got to let it roll around in your mind and absorb it, just like that sheep does when he's chewing the cud. He what? He's getting the good stuff out of it that he needs. And here in America, we get so busy, so consumed with all these things I have to do that really aren't that important, but I need to get them done, right? Isn't that something? That's what we do here in this country. We got all these things to keep us so busy and so enamored with all these fuzzy, uh, shiny things that don't really mean anything that we don't have 30 minutes to sit down and think about what God has told us. Now you take some set some time out of your day where you and God can get alone and you and God can have a conversation and you can think about those things that are in his word. You see, I want to I want to know what God's will is for me. I want to know what I should pray for. I should want to know how I should pray. Listen, get in God's word. You memorize it. You think upon it. You take the time and say, God, I don't really understand this verse, but will you reveal it to me? Will you help me with it? And I promise you, God will. He most certainly will. 
So how do we know God's will? Well, in a, in, a, in a general way, it's revealed to us in Scripture, in the Bible. And that's why it's so important to study His Word, to get to know Him, to get to know what He wants, to get to know His desires. And we should study the Word to get to know God better. And the, the more that you get to know God, the more that you will pray according to His will. You know, when you were courting your, your, your husband or your wife, you were dating, and you're getting to know each other, even when you first got married, you would study each other, you would watch, well, she doesn't like that, well, I'm not going to do that again, well, I'm not taking her there, because she don't like that place, well, she don't really like that color, he don't like that, and he don't like going here, you should you really study each other, why, because you want to get to know each other, and it's the same way with God, ladies and gentlemen, you sit down in his word, and he will reveal himself to you. But you have got to take the time to get to know Him. Amen? And he, He's there. He's willing. He's waiting. He's wanting to be closer with you, to walk with you and talk with you and get to know you. And you get to know Him just like a spouse. And you study Him. It's the same with God's Word, but on a much greater level. That's just a simple analogy. But when you really love somebody, you want to get to know them and their wants and their desires and their wills. And it's the same with God. Get in His Word that He may reveal His ways and His wants to you. And then when you go to Him and you say, God, I got this problem. It's so consuming. I need help. You can go to Him with confidence, the Bible says, with confidence that I know. Well, I already know that that's what you want. I know that's your will. I know this is what you want done. I know and you have confidence to ask him hey there's no question i already know you want it it's in your word and you go to him and you ask him for those things that you know that he wants and the bible says that he will answer them he's there you have confidence that you can approach the throne of god with boldness because you already know that that is his will and you can take your petition before him and he will answer that prayer and listen to me when you, the closer you get to God, the more you're going to want what He wants. Amen. You won't go to God with these frivolous things like I'm just saying I'm guilty of going to God and, and you pray for something. And when you really stop time, take time to think about it, you think, you know, that really don't matter. That's really not that big a deal. That's just really not, that really doesn't matter in the light of eternity. But man, when you're talking about somebody's salvation, when you're talking about somebody getting right with God, when you're talking about seeing people have a changed life, those things matter to God. Those things are important to God. Amen? They're so important that He sent His Son to die on that cross to save people from the fires of hell, from the penalty of sin. Amen? And you can go to Him with boldness and confidence that, hey, I know this is God's will because I've taken the time and got to know Him in His Word. Look with me now in the next verse. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 16. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life. For them that sin not unto death, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Now, this can be a very complicated verse. When you read it, you go, what? What did that just say? But let's just break it down. This is a case where a Christian sees a fellow believer engaging in something sinful. Something so sinful that, that and they're continuing. You see, when, when a Christian continues in the same sin over and over 
and over. That you do see it. There is a sin not unto death. In other words, God's not going to kill you for that, that sin. You say, wait a minute, God would kill a Christian? God may take a Christian's life that continues in sin, like if a Christian commits adultery over and over and over and over and they don't stop, there'll come a point where God say, okay, you've reached the end of your rope. You're not going to turn back. You're not going to repent. God will end that person's life, literally. He most certainly will. Listen, if you're a child of God, he's not going to let you keep going on in deep sin and never look back and you keep right on sinning and there not be no penalty for it. No, why? Because you belong to him. You are a child of God. Amen. So here, it may be talking about a sin nature where they, a Christian does see somebody in that type of sin and they're praying for him and they're making petitions for him to get him out of that sin. They may even go to him in love and say, listen, what you're doing is not right. And I'm praying for you. And you earnestly mean that. You go to somebody in the right spirit and say, listen, I'm really praying for you because what's going on is not right. And ultimately, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring a lot of harm to your life. But on the other hand, there is a sin leading to death. There is that sin, like I said, where a person continues and they continue and they continue and God may take their life. We, we can't set a date on that and say, well, if they no, we can't do that. Only God can see that. But do I believe there's a sin unto death? Absolutely. The Bible talks about that. Listen to the next verse, 1 John chapter 5, verse 17. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. So if there's a sin not unto death, then there is a sin unto death. Amen? The Bible says all unrighteousness is sin. Let me just say this. We as Christians in the world that I live in, a lot of times when people talk about being righteous, they will quick to quote the things that they don't do. I don't smoke. I was in a meeting one time and one man said, I've never smoked, I've never drank, and I've never chewed. Well, that's great. Glory to God. And you want to say, man, God is lucky to have you. You are special. And so we're quick to throw that out there, that I don't do this and I don't do that. But how about this, Christian? How about the things that we should do? The Bible says, for him knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So we're quick as Christians to say, I don't do this, I don't drink, I don't go there. But hold on, Christian. It's just as much a sin that if you know to do right and you don't do it, the Bible says that there that is a sin. Amen? And so we're so quick to overlook that one. But listen to me. God is not. God is not. Listen to the verse. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. And so there are some sin. Not every sin leads to death, right? That you have to admit that some sins are worse than others. Just like stealing a pencil is not the same as rape. We can both agree that that is a big difference in sin. There's just a, a huge gap there. One is much worse than the other. And so there are some distinct differences in the degrees of sin, and these are sins which are not seen as such serious nature as to unto death. You know, those sins that, that uh, are daily sins, if you will. Well, I told a white lie. We call it that. God doesn't call it a white lie. You know what he calls it? A lie. Simply put, we put all these little things on stuff to make us feel better. Well, it was just a white lie. Well, it really didn't hurt nobody. But God doesn't see it that way, ladies and gentlemen. He, sin is sin. And there are some sins worse than others. Look now the next verse. Verse 18. 1 John chapter 5, verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. 
But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that the wicked one toucheth him not. We know that whosoever is born of God does not sin. Of this we can be sure that one who has the divine nature does not go on practicing sin. doesn't mean that you're going to live a sinless, perfect life. But you have a new nature, a new desire. Your new will is, I don't want to sin. I don't want to live in sin. I want to get those things out of my life. And where it says, he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, refers to a true believer. A true believer running from sin. I don't want that no more. No, I don't want that in my life. I want to get that sin out of my life. And it makes me think of my wife when she got saved. She went through the whole house and all the movies that that were... Uh, didn't have a good rating or rated R. I mean, she got rid of everything. She cleaned the house out. And that's what she was doing. She was keeping that sin from her. I'm getting it out. I'm changing my life. I've made a change. And for her, that was huge. And so I use that because it's what I know. I saw her change. I saw her want to get that sin out of her life, want to get that sin out of our house. Amen. And so there it says, he's, he's keepeneth himself, and that the wicked one toucheth him not. Listen to me. Satan cannot lay a finger on you without God's permission. There's not one thing that can happen to you if you're a child of God that doesn't have to go through and get the permission of God. Amen. Even when the devil attacked Job, he had to go to God first. He couldn't freely attack Job. No, he had to have God's permission. And when you're a child of God, you are under the authority of God. Amen? And that's why you know that you can have confidence when you ask God for something. I'm his child. Nothing is going to happen to me without his will. And listen to me. If he does allow something like that to happen to you, God is going to take something bad and do something good with it. All things work together for those that love God that are called according to his purpose. I just butchered that verse, but you know what I mean. God takes a bad thing and uses it to do something good. Amen. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The Bible says that he is the little G, the little G, the God of this world. He is roaming this earth today, ladies and gentlemen, seeking those that he may devour. Satan wants to devour you. He wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to tear you apart limb from limb. And you listen to me, me or you is no match for him. We are even Michael the archangel. Did not, did not get into a battle with Satan when they were disputing over the body of Moses. Michael the archangel said, the Lord rebuke you. And let me just tell you, that's what you need to do too. You needed to quote scripture to him and say, the Lord rebuke you. We are no match for him. But here the Bible says the whole world lieth in wickedness. In other words, the wicked one, the devil, Satan, he is here. He is roaming the earth seeking who he may devour. That's why it's so important to stay in God's Word, to know God's Word, to memorize God's Word. Every time, every time Jesus defeated Satan, he used his Word. He quoted the Bible. Can I just say, you and I have the exact same weapon as Jesus did, and that is God's Word. It is a weapon. The Bible says it's a two-edged sword. It cuts to the joints and the marrow. Amen? 
And so, and we know that we are of God. We know, praise God for that. Praise God for that confidence. Do you know who you belong to? Do you know that you've been born again? I don't mean you know some scripture. I don't mean you go to church. I don't mean you tithe. I don't mean you're a member of the church. No, I'm talking about you know that you have been born again. You know that when you take your last breath, I'm going to be with the Lord. Have you repented of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.